Kamala Harris is going around the country promoting the Biden-Harris ticket. Uh, you might be asking, is this the best they have? And apparently it really is. There is more potential trans violence that has been averted that the media is going to completely ignore. Um, so much so, I had to find a source to make sure that this was actually something that did happen. And it appears that Gen Z is going to crash the economy. Good news, I'll probably be dead before that happens. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. I hope you had a great day yesterday. I wasn't here, and that is because... I was in downtown in one of the great bureaucratic offices, the Department of Homeland Security, waiting for my wife to become an American citizen. That's right. She is an American citizen. It is official. She went in, did her interview, and shockingly, uh, they gave her the oath right then and there, gave her certificate, took away her green card. That's the good news. So she became a citizen yesterday. She's very happy very relieved. They asked her a lot of questions. She was a little shocked about that. Uh, that's the good news. The bad news is they took her green card away before we're supposed to go on a Mexican cruise next week. So the big problem with that is that now she doesn't have a passport nor a green card. She's got a birth certificate, her American immigration stuff and all that stuff. But uh, including her, she does have a picture of her green card, of course. And She's got everything that we registered to go on. But they were telling her, oh, well, you need a passport. It's like, oh, my God. So it only took her four months to become an American citizen, which was really a shock. But for the first time, we would have really appreciated if they could have waited a little bit. They slowed it down. Of course, we were not going to slow down. There was no way we were going to skip this because simply it's too hard to get become a citizen. Uh, so, with that being said, there will be no show next week. I am going to be in Mexico. Uh, hopefully, I'm not the only one disboarding or deboarding the ship. Uh, hopefully, my wife is. I have to call them after I finish talking to you folks. But uh, and there's just so much. For example, I'm still working on the um, the Davos WEF symposium they have once a year. Boy, they have said some stupid things this week, and uh, it doesn't end till tomorrow. So I'm gonna I'm gonna actually wait and do that the first thing when I get back. I, of course, I'm gonna have to watch it because I'll be on a cruise ship, so I'm not gonna see anything. So let well, well let's get started here. Let's get to our dumbasses of the day. <laughs> Okay, I made a mistake here. I said dumb asses. There's only one. And it is Queen Dumbass herself, Kamala Harris. Well, now, here's the here's the story. The Biden ticket is getting just absolutely pummeled. They are losing their asses. They Right now, they're down something like five points in every poll to Trump. They're down in every swing state. It's looking really bad for Joe Biden. The economy is going south. Inflation just went up again. Gas prices did go down, but who knows how long that's going to last. The Fed is warning that layoffs are on the horizon. Apparently, um, the interest rates are going to go up, and now businesses don't know how to 
fund their businesses, so there will be layoffs. And so the Biden administration has to do something. Well, they have two strategies. I don't know if either is going to work. One is to demean the people uh, who support Trump by calling them neo-fascists, MAGA extremists, evangelical, pro-God, evil bastards. That's one way to do it. Uh, This way apparently is not working real well because KGP, um, Karen Jean-Pierre, had to go online yesterday and tell everyone, no, 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 President Biden's not insulting 75 million people. And everyone, of course, the memes are flying all over the place showing Joe Biden call everyone, you know, a fascist. So not exactly sure what she's talking about. The other strategy they have that should really help them a lot is sending out Kamala Harris. By the way, Kamala Harris is less popular than Joe Biden. So I'm not exactly sure where this is coming from. Joe Biden is at... 32, 33% popularity. Kamala Harris is at like 28, 27. So I'm not exactly sure where this comes from. But that's what they did. They sent her out. So she goes out, of course, not debating anybody, not not actually talking to somebody who's going to push back on any of her bullshit. But she went on The View. So you could tell you had the brain power that couldn't light up a light bulb. So it was awesome. So here she is. Here's her introduction. Um, And this is the same selling point that the Biden administration keeps pushing. It's the great job they actually are doing. So let's listen to this. We have to earn the reelect and we have to communicate what we have achieved. Yes. And, and that is going to be one of our big challenges. We've done a lot of good work. We need to net, let people know who brung it to them. <laughs> okay, she obviously has really good English. Um, or what uh, Spitfire on Twitter said, she ain't got no good English. Here's the thing, two things about this. One, um, you need to tell us what good things you've done because none of us are seeing it. None of us are seeing it. You can't tout, you can't tout that gas prices are going down because um, they're still $2 higher than they were when he took presidency. And the question is, why did gas prices go down? And it's because the Biden administration increased drilling. So they can't say why gas prices are going down. And... It's not going to work anyway, because the first question when they say, well, we're drilling now, and then you're going to have the leftist environmental crazies sit back and say, oh, um, well, what do you mean? And then he's going to tell them, well, no, after the election, we'll stop drilling. And then everybody else is so gas prices are going to go back to $6 again. You see what the problem is? You need to tell us what good things. You, you can't say the economy. You can't say the border. You can't say crime. You can't say homelessness. You can't say drug use. You can't say foreign policy. I mean, we are in two going on three wars right now. There is, we are getting pushed around by the Houthis in the Middle East, right? The Houthis. These guys are attacking us with paddle boats. So you can't say any of this. Iran has gotten very uh, uppity. 
You can't say what you can't just sit there and say we're doing a great job. Well, what exactly are you doing? That's a great job. Point to what you're proud of. Because everyone is getting kind of tired of hearing we're doing everything is great. Don't worry about it. Now here's another really telling clip. I, I think this is a very telling clip. Clip where she talks about how they can approach this election. Listen. And what are you going to do to stop the crazies? I am scared as heck. <laughs> yeah. Which is why I'm traveling our country. You know, there's an old saying that there are only two ways to run mm. for office, either without an opponent or scared. So on all of those points, yes, we should all be scared. Okay, yeah. okay this is, I can't believe she said this. So you're admitting that you're actually afraid to run against Donald Trump? You're approaching this election with fear? That you can only, there are only two ways to run, scared or, or without an opponent? This is not a great selling point here. And by the way, this basically points to weakness of this administration. Are you guys really running scared? Now, granted, I think she just doesn't know how to speak. All right, but it really does show something. That is a statement that's symbolic of this administration. They are scared of everything. They're scared to stand up to people. They're scared to debate. They're scared to stand up to other countries. What she said, even though I'm sure it was just a, a flub, the reality is this is how they are running their administration. So her saying that, and running against uh, and saying that they're afraid, uh, they're scared to run against Donald Trump. Well, yes, I can tell they're scared. Kamala Harris will do no debates. Joe Biden will new, do no debates. Joe Biden isn't even campaigning, for Christ's sake. I don't know when that's going to happen. If he doesn't campaign, that's going to be a problem. I mean, they're caught between a rock and a hard place. Either he doesn't campaign and that's going to be a problem, or he does and he says shit that's going to get him into trouble, which is going to happen. The reality is they are really running between a rock and a hard place. They don't know what to do here. Which is why I think late in this campaign season, he's he's going to be out. Now, I, I don't know. It seems to me the only one viable here is Michelle Obama. You can't, after Gavin Newsom got his ass whooped by uh, by Rick Ron DeSantis, during on a debate in Fox News, it's going to be really hard for him to come back from that. But that's the problem. They are scared. And she just said it. But they're not just scared of this campaign. They're scared of everything. They are running to pull out from Afghanistan. Is prime example is this is an a, a cowardly administration. And I just can't believe she said it. And I can't believe it is big news on the on Twitter and stuff. They are saying, I, but they're not saying it for that reason. Okay, here here she comes. She of course she's going to talk about abortion. And by the way, this is going to be the Democrats' main pitch here: is abortion, abortion. We need to have abortion. You need to have an abortion six months after the kid's born. You need abortions for everyone, everywhere, at any time. So here she is. Making a case for abortion, and of course, whenever you are going to make a case and you really don't have a stand, 
You don't have a stance. You use the date. Uh, well, you know, we should close the border, but it's 2024. No one knows what that means, but it's 2024. So let's listen to uh, uh, Kamala Harris talk about abortion and give us the date. In this year of our Lord 2024, mm-hmm. the government should not be telling women what to do with their bodies. And so it's that basic. And we must fight for it. And so on this issue, though, guys, listen, traveling the country, we're all adults. Women are having miscarriages in toilets. Yeah. Women are going to an emergency room for medical assistance with a miscarriage, and the doctors are so afraid that they might be jailed because in places like Texas, yes. a doctor can go to can prison, go to prison. Yeah. That, yeah. that women are, are developing sepsis, and it's only then that they're being treated in an emergency room. It's a real issue. Okay, you know, I got some real issues too, and it's about your facts. Okay, first off, the Texas law does not ban anyone from helping someone who's having a miscarriage. There's a big difference between an abortion procedure and a miscarriage. Women are not having miscarriages in toilets. And if they're having miscarriages in toilets, it's because they had a miscarriage. They're not having abortions. Abortions and miscarriages are completely different things. Do you know who's bitching and moaning about the laws in Texas and Alabama and Missouri and Idaho and and all those other states? You know who's bitching? Planned Parenthood. The company whose main point is abortions, is giving abortions. Nobody is being arrested. And by the way, the Texas law, it's not even an arrest, it's not even illegal by the law, illegal. It's a civil penalty. Which means someone can sue the doctor if he gives an abortion. By the way, not help someone with a miscarriage. Actually give a voluntary abortion. Okay, so it's not it's not that they're they they will be arrested. That this is just the fear mongering, and this, by the way, is the only stance they have. Here's the problem that they have. Abortion for most people is not even the top ten subject. It's not even top 10. The economy is number one. The border is number two. The um, uh, economy is number one. Border is number two. Foreign policy. A lot of people break up the war in Israel, the war in Ukraine, the Afghanistan pullout, China. I mean, abortion isn't even a top 10 subject that people are worried about. It's see, and that's the problem these guys have. The environment, no one cares about the environment. Environment, when I saw a list, I think the environment was number 14, 15. No one cares about the environment. It, they're not worried about it. Abortion, way down there, because you know why? Most people don't have abortions. They're not worried about having an abortion every week. Everyone sits there and thinks everybody's having an abortion every minute of the day. This is what this. Uh, you should always have the right to an abortion. Um, okay. But, I mean, they make it sound so good. I mean, they're talking about killing babies at a day before they're supposed to give birth. That's what they're talking about. And people are just putting restrictions on it. Not one state in the country right now has outlawed abortion. Not one. But they're trying to fear monger this subject. 
I just don't think this subject's important to most people. I think, yes, you're going to have a leftist base that's going to go crazy about abortion. But I think that's a very small base, a very small group of people. And of course, we got to we got to get into we got to get into racism. Always got to get into racism. Uh, here she is talking about the Civil War and slavery. Oh God, this is so boring. I don't know why these guys keep bringing us up. We cannot get to a place of progress on the issue of race by denying the existence of racism by denying the history of racism to suggest that enslaved people benefited from slavery. We will not grow as a country to push that kind of approach and doctrine and misinformation. It is not in our best interest to evolve on the issue of race in America to suggest that the Civil War was prompted by anything other than slavery in America. It is not in the best interest of our progress as a nation to ban books and deny our children the ability to benefit from the knowledge of America's full history mm-hmm. so that we can move toward progress. So I, 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 it's unfortunate that, um, that there are some who would deny fact or overlook it when, in fact, moving toward progress requires that we speak truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Here's the problem. And by the way, if you listen to the clapping in the crowd, you go, the crowd is beginning, not really buying any of this crap. It's especially, it's especially in the next video, where the crowd is just kind of like, huh? Here's the problem. It's not that there isn't racism in the country, or we're ignoring racism, or we're ignoring slavery. We're not. I learned slavery. I'm 55 years old. I learned slavery. I learned about, I know more about slavery in the Civil War than most kids do today. I can tell you that right now. For example, I know that, that the Emancipation Proclamation wasn't signed for, uh, for two years by Abraham Lincoln because the Civil War was not going well. And he didn't want the North to stop fighting. I know that. You know where I learned that? In school. Because they did teach you about the Civil War. The problem with schools today and the problem with teaching slavery history and the problem with her whole argument is that's all you guys are talking about is slavery. All you're talking about is, is, is discrimination and racism. That's all you talk about. And people like me who have lived more than 10 years sit back and raise our hands and say, wait a minute, we weren't talking about racism at all in the 90s and the early 2000s because we just didn't have a lot of racism happening. And when did racism become such a subject that we need to envelop our entire country for around it? I mean, there in 1997, they released a Star Trek episode with the first black captain in Star Trek history. Now, the media did try and make a big stink about this. Star Trek has the first black captain. Guess who watched it? Nobody. They didn't care. Black people didn't care. White people didn't care. No one cared. The ratings on that episode were the exact same. You know why? Because there was no a problem with race back in 1997, 1998. The problems with race came when Barack Obama decided to run for president. And this is another talking point that, you know, I can't stand. 
It's the fact that we're, quote, not teaching slavery. I mean, it's one thing not to acknowledge racism. I don't think that's an issue. I think people, yeah, there's racism in the world. Of course there is. And there's racism all over the world. It's not just in the United States. They ignore the fact that slavery, I, 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 like, what, I like what Matt Walsh said. Slavery is something that should be taught more in the, in the uh, schools. Because, and what I mean by that, slavery has been happening for all of human history. They should talk about the slavery that happened in Egypt, in the Middle East, the slavery that happened in Africa, the slavery that happened in Asia. Stop concentrating on slavery in Western civilization because half the countries in Western civilization did not support slavery. Let's not forget, Spain was not a slave country. They didn't support it at all. Germany was not a slave country. And a lot of countries in the Western in Western civilization quit slavery in about a hundred years. They they all dropped it. England dropped it. Then the United States dropped it. They had a civil war. You should teach more slavery. You should teach sla- slavery was throughout human history. The Jews were all enslaved. Three thousand B.C. We have it in the Bible. But they should also teach slavery. Because it's happening today. There are more slaves today than ever in human history. 10 to 20 million in in Asia. 5 to 10 million in Africa. God only knows how many in South America, Central America, and the United States. Most of that slavery is the most brutal kind, sex slavery. We see it. The pornography industry is loaded with with sex uh, slavery, with sex, um, with exploiting women for sex. That's a form of sex slavery. So don't, I mean, you guys keep screaming about our slavery in, prior to 1861. You never talk about the slavery in China. There's more slaves in China than there ever was in the 100 years in the United States. Your iPhone, your Nikes, all made by Chinese slaves. The Uyghurs, and we don't even know where they are. The Uyghurs in that providence in the mid mid in the middle of China, we we know where they are. The concentration camps, or quote re-education camps, whatever they're concentration camps. They're gulags, running sweatshops with slaves. Yes, talk more about slavery, but don't just sit there and point to that that. They say 1619 through 1861, but I, I got news for you. Slavery in the United States, it wasn't, in 1619, there wasn't slavery. There was indentured servitude. Most of those, quote, 920 slaves that came over were indentured servant, servants and actually, after 10 years, ended up with land and owned slaves themselves. Kamala Harris should know that because her family owned slaves. That's a little known fact. Search for it, it's there. So did Barack Obama, by the way. Barack Obama was not born a poor black man. He, he, was, he was very upper middle class. Always has been. You know, start teaching slavery. There's more slavery going on today than there was in 1865. Okay, let's get to this last part here. Um, the border crisis. This is a big black eye. A big black eye for the Biden administration. And... Um, I don't know. I mean, 300,000 people crossed in in December. I don't exactly know how they're going to spin this one. 
Okay, I have no idea how they're going to spin this one. Uh, but she does try and spin it. So let's listen. Do you think this is a crisis? And what is being done to address the root causes of our immigration problem? I think the segue couldn't be more perfect because, I, listen, first of all, everyone knows our immigration system is broken. Right. Okay. The first bill that we dropped, the first bill that we offered right after inauguration was to fix the immigration system. A comprehensive plan to deal with the immigration system. Do you think they've taken it up? No. We want solutions. The solutions are at hand. But frankly, we're in an election year. And the folks who want to return Donald Trump to the White House would prefer to talk about a broken immigration system instead of focusing on the solutions that are at hand. Uh, the bill that they offered uh, basically opened the border. And then when the Congress said no, then what they did is they just opened it through executive order. So no, they didn't have a, so yes, they did. They did present a bill to Congress and Congress said, no, the bill sucked ass. The bill is pretty much what they're doing now. So for them to say, oh, hey, um, oh, hey, you know, we offered a bill. They didn't do anything. So it's Republicans fault. This garbage ain't going to fly. I'm sorry. None of this stuff is going to work. This is not stuff that people are going to are going to embrace during an election. I'm sorry. Bad move. And if she is going to go around the country with this message these messages, oh my god, prepare to see their um prepare to see their popularity fall flat. And if I were Donald Trump, which Donald Trump is really out of really out of the news. Yes, he kicked ass in Iowa. And a lot of people are talking about that. But as far as that goes, he's really out of the news. People are not paying attention to Donald Trump, even though he's in court every other day. People are not paying attention anymore. That's a very good thing. This court thing might be a good thing for Donald Trump because it keeps his mouth shut. So anyway, let's get to our first story. Uh, according to the post-millennial, I... I just talked about this. I just talked about trans violence and how you can expect trans violence because everyone is demonizing everyone who's not trans. And anything from just misgendering someone by accident. Now, if I misgender someone's on purpose. Okay, I I I'm sorry. I don't I don't follow the gender thing. But they believe that they should be able to kill someone just because they're misgendering. Because don't forget, misgendering is violence. That's what they say. Misgendering is violence. So, according to the Post, it's happening. It's going to happen more often. And we're going to see more. We're going to see more of this kind of violence against regular people. Because these trans people just hate us. And the media keeps making us the bad guys. And if there's a genocide, hey, let's face it, it's a good thing. There's a good thing to kill the genocidal maniacs. Well, here's an example. According to the Post Millennial, I had to actually look this up until I found the Post Millennial actually had this listed. I saw it in a couple of news sources. But this is so little touch. This has not been touched by any media source. 
This has not been touched at all by any media source. I had to wait and find out whether this was actually true or not. According to the Post Millennial, the FBI arrested a trans-identified Oregon woman on Friday. That's a man. Okay? It's a man. It's not a woman. On Friday, who allegedly made a series of credible violent threats towards minority groups, including Jews, black people, and immigrants. Now, understand something. A lot of the, the post-millennial is a Canadian right-wing outlet. The post-millennial also has still has to follow the he, him, pro, the right pronouns thing, the preferred pronouns thing, because they are Canadian. So they are, they can be banned. So you will hear this place use the name, the right pronouns, not because they want to, because they don't do that when they're talking. They use it because they have to, or they could get banned. So continuing with the story. Elizabeth Ballesteros West, 56, of Cottage Grove, has been taken into custody and is being held at Lane County Jail, according to the Oregonian, Oregon, the Oregon newspaper. Court records show that the authorities were alerted to West in September when she, he, had posted a transgender woman's support group, posted on a transgender woman's support group page on Facebook, claiming that she, he, was being bullied by transphobic co-workers and saying that she, he, had reached the end of my rope. West social media posts included a vow to carry out acts of violence and included photos of firearms, per the affidavit, David. It also reported that West said in a post that he, she, he, will, quote, have to go out in a blaze of glory, end quote, and will, quote, have to do what I have to do and pray for the gods to forgive me, end quote. Okay, there's only one God, so you can see right off the bat, this guy is way, way out there. West, who has been diagnosed with multiple mental health issues, such as bipolar disorder, disassociative disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, issued further threats on X in December, record show. Okay, here's the story. First off, lots of things can be true at once. This guy's nuts. All right? He's just absolutely crazy. Um, His craziness probably is what led him to be a trans person in the first place. His politics, you can't point to his politics because his politics are all over the place. He's a trans woman, but he hates, probably a Trump supporter. This is what it sounds like. He hates black people and Jews, but he also hates transphobes. I mean, this is, this guy's all over the place. Now, why are you not going to hear this? First off, he's, he's trans who attempted, who was thinking about killing a lot of people. All right, that, that can't be reported. Two, he's mentally ill. You can't sit there and say a trans person is mentally ill. Now, what they would love is he, he wants to kill blacks and Jews. They'd love that. If he wasn't trans and mental, if he wasn't trans, if he was mentally ill, it wouldn't matter. They would, they would still bring, but if he wasn't trans, this would be all over the news. And I wouldn't have to hunt through 50 different outlets 
to make sure this story is true. So be prepared for this. And I've always said, you you think you're, if you're a man and you think you're a woman, you've got something wrong with you in the first place. I mean, let's face it. They actually define that in the DSM. It's called gender dysphoria. It's in the DSM-5, the latest version of the DSM. They still define it. They're, tr- they're kind of softening it a bit because it's not politically correct to define transing as a mental disease, but it, it is defined. So, you know, we'll see, we're going we're gonna to see a lot more of this, especially as the media keeps screaming that trans, trans people are being uh, genocided. And because people that just don't want to use the preferred pronouns are bullies and victimizing trans people. Because that's what it comes down to. I guarantee these people who uh, who were supposedly bullying this guy probably just used the wrong pronouns or... I'm sorry, you, you walk with a kid and that kid sees a man in a dress. He, that kid's going to say something. But you know, people probably react. And that's how people are. People react. They got to get used to it. Okay, so day before yesterday, we talked about Brittany um, Peach and how Brittany Peach got fired and she decided to record all 10 minutes of her firing. And she never did a job. She never did her job. She, she admits that she didn't perform her job well, that she never made a sale. Apparently, she's a salesperson for this, this place. And um, Candace Owens of the Daily Wire did a lookup of this peach gal. And apparently this gal had never been in a job for more than a year. And she had been in nothing but sales jobs. And she based this off her LinkedIn profile. And it turns out that, you know, apparently this gal just can't sell. Which, by the way, is okay. But don't go blaming it another company for firing you. But this seems to be a big problem with Gen Z. So Fox Business released, well, there's a couple of places that released some really good articles. Uh, Something called The Woke Panda also released an article saying that Gen Z are bringing their parents to job interviews, that people are complaining, that potential bosses are complaining, that parents are showing up at job interviews to make sure their kids are okay. That's part of the problem with Gen Z right off the bat is these helicopter parents. Thank you, Dr. Spock. I don't know if you know who Dr. Spock was, but in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, Dr. Spock wrote a book on how to raise your kids. And he basically said that parents need to be more involved in their kids' life and protect their kids from all the dangers in society. You know, thank God my parents weren't helicopter parents. I mean, my parents, I used to travel all over the city at 16 on my bike. They never did. It made a very independent human being. Okay. But I, I, I just, there are many problems with that story, but here's another one. And they talk about videos like this with Gen Zers and they talk about, uh, Gen Zers having a trouble getting jobs. So this is according to Fox business. It's a little long of an article, but I think it's worth it considering what we talked about on uh, Tuesday. Videos of Gen Zers and Millennials complaining about their traditional 
9 to 5 jobs has spread across social media platforms like wildfire and sparked debates about the younger generation's work ethic or lack thereof. Some employers are even avoiding hiring Gen Z, according to a recent survey, with 58% believing these workers are unprepared for the workforce. Well, they are unprepared. Schools do not teach you what you need to know. They're not like when I went to school. Schools are teaching you an ideology. They're teaching you concepts. This does not prepare you for school. There is a there is a petition going around in California trying to teach people how to balance their checkbook and basics of economic survival. I'm sorry, that's what I learned back in the 80s. We learned that in high school in the 80s. How to balance a checkbook? Do you know how easy it is to balance a checkbook? Can you add? Can you subtract? That's what it is. Kids need to be taught this stuff. Continuing, some experts argue Gen Zers aren't lazy for griping about corporate job structure. It just means they have radically different priorities than the generations before them. Now, that's part of the problem. I mean, when I was a kid, and I'm sure like Dave's out there if he's listening, he was, when he was a kid, you know what we were taught? In school, how to survive in the real world. Even in college, I was taught how to survive, what you need in the real world to survive. Kids aren't taught that anymore. They're taught about how men can be women and and there's no God and bullshit like that. Quote, Gen Z is not a lazy generation, but is an entitled generation because they have the freedom to make more decisions Uh, make a more broad set of decisions than older generations that have financial obligations. They're different, labor force expert John Fries told Fox News Digital. Fries, a senior managing director and head of global labor strategy for the consulting firm Ancura, explained how data shows younger adults aren't getting married and having kids at the rates previous generations did. Over half of younger adults are living at home with their parents while less than half say they are a member of an organized religion, he said. Now, the religion part, so basically, kids are in no hurry to grow up. That's Now, anybody over the age of 40, and I'd say 45, probably 45, 50, closer, um, we were pretty much all out of the house at 17, 18. You couldn't wait to get out of the house and out from under your mom's you couldn't wait to get a job, save money, put a down payment on an apartment and get out. I was out at 17. I, I'm because I just couldn't wait to get out of the house. There was no reason for me to stay at home. Because many Gen Zers don't have a but but kids today don't do that. They don't need that. Because they have no desire to go out. And then not to mention policies, especially in California, make apartments almost impossible to afford. Because many Gen Zers don't have a mortgage or family to support, they have more financial freedom to make more to make difficult, different choices, life choices, they argue. Gen Z also wants their job to accommodate their lifestyle rather than the other way around. This leads to the younger generation being more, like, more likely to work the gig economy or change jobs frequently, frequently rather than stay in a work environment that they don't like. This this is a huge problem. Our kids have become little narcissists. 
I mean, Gen Alpha is going to be worse. And the reason Gen Alpha is going to be worse is they're being raised by late-term millennials and Gen Zers. And they're being taught this too. They're a little narcissists. They think the world has to conform to them. And that's a big problem with them. And you can see, you just talk to them. We have, in my family, we have a lot of kids in my family. A lot of kids don't do religion. They get a part-time job nowhere. School is going nowhere. And school is kind of an aftershot, afterthought. And they just stay home. In my family, there are groups of people that, that live seven, eight people in an apartment because they don't want to move out. This is a problem. This is a real problem. And, and the thing is, these guys are, are, are saying, well, if I can't find the perfect job that pays me the perfect salary, I mean, all these people want to get out and they want to earn $100,000 right off the bat. And they want the job to conform to them. They don't want to work nine to five. They want to work, oh, I'll work from about nine to two because I need my, my time for my, and this is, this is the problem with the psychiatric industry. I need my time for my mental health. They need to take more vacations. You know, the standard two-week vacation or three-week vacation isn't enough. They need to be able to take a week a month so for their mental health. If you had, if I had said that back in the 80s, people would have looked at me and just get out. They would not... It, it, a, a potential employer would have just looked at me and shook his head and told me to get the hell out. His research shows Gen Zers are less likely to seek promotions because they don't want to work overtime and have extra responsibilities that could impinge on their lifestyle. These different motivations are fundamentally understood by some older employers, he said. Yes, and the other problem with the uh, employers, the older employers, the older employers, here's the problem. The work environment is getting older and they need these younger people to replace the older folk. And so what companies are doing is they're kind of conforming to the Gen Zers and the, the um, late millennials. They're trying to conform to them because they know they're never going to get them. And they also know that, okay, well, they're going to leave in six months because that's what they do. Well, that's a big freaking problem. Author and cultural expert Jessica Kriegel believes the older and younger generations are more alike than they think. But she says social media has added to misconceptions and generational conflict. Okay, hold on one second here. Just a little FYI about Jessica Kriegel. She's 30 years old, which means she's a Gen Zer. So, of course, she's going to say, oh, we're not that bad. Quote, I believe that we're far more similar than we are different. However, what you're seeing, for example, is more activity on social media from young, younger people, which then leads to more perceptions that baby boomers have, that Gen Z have, that Gen Z are... A, a certain way because of what they're seeing on social media, which makes them different, by the way. That's a huge difference. I'll totally agree with that. But that just proves they're different. That they're not seeing from, they're not seeing from baby boomers. And so, now let me read that again. And so then 
that leads to conflicts between generations. And it's sort of like an us versus them mentality that people dig into. And that becomes a source of a lot of misconceptions, she says to Fox News Digital. Okay, well, here's something that I I do want to point out to Jessica. First off, yes, they are on social media for everything. If they're getting fired, they're on social media. They're constantly on social media. And they do have a very narcissistic attitude about things. That the world has to conform to them. They believe this. I hear it from Gen Zs and Gen Alphas. They want everything to be conformed to them. And that is a big difference between baby boomers. Yes, baby boomers had it the best of any generation out there, including Gen Z and Gen X, which is what I am. They were able to buy a house for $15,000. They could buy a car for $200. They had job. They could work a single family home. Yes. They could, uh, one parent can go out and work while the other stays home and takes care of the kids. Yes, there are differences. No one is saying that the baby boomers didn't have the greatest prosperity of any. Of course, let's be careful. They did go through that little thing called World War II, Vietnam, and North Korea. They had wars. They did have to go through the nuclear age. But they also landed a man on the moon. It's really hard to sit back and say that that baby boomers didn't actually make their prosperity. What the Gen Zers see and the Gen Alphas will see is they want this world to conform to them. There is a huge difference. That's why when I, the first thing when I read that, I looked it up to see how old this gal was. When I saw she was 30, well, of course she believes that. She probably believes the moon landing didn't happen either. Okay, later in the article, because we're getting close, a December 2023 survey of 800 employers and hiring managers in the U.S. from Intelligent.com found over half of employers thought Gen Zers were unprepared for the workforce and displayed unprofessional behavior during job interviews. The top criticism for employers about Gen Z behavior during interviews was that they failed to maintain eye contact. Half of those polled also said they asked for unreasonable compensation. They're asking for way too much money. They're asking for way too many benefits. While 47% said they dressed inappropriately. I would guarantee you most Gen Zers don't even own a tie. I go to funerals. And I see Gen Zers in torn jeans and a collared shirt, and that's dressed up for them. How do you, if they go to a wedding or a funeral like that, what do you think they're going to a job interview like? Those are not as important as a funeral or a wedding of a family member. One in five employers even said they had candidates show up with a parent during the job interview. You know, and see, that really, that tells you what the big problem is. It's the parent. It's the parent. And it's not going to get better because parents are getting worse. Parents, Gen Zers are becoming parents. And they're teaching their kids this because that's what they learned. Um, we're, we're in trouble. This economy in this country is in big trouble. Okay, folks, I hope you have a great day. Again, I will not be here for the rest of the week. I am going to Mexico. 
I hope you have a great time when I come back. I hope to have a great little video com uh, clip, uh, audio clip com compilation of what happened in Davos. Um, yeah, so far, there's some really interesting stuff going on that I know is people are getting tired of Davos, so they're not really covering it. But we will, because I think I think this whole Great Reset thing is a real thing, and it is happening. So you guys have a great day. God bless. This is Gene, and you listen to Dumbasses Talking Paul.